Hey there, it's your girl Diamond Drip, bringing you the insights and strategy you need in 15 minutes or less. In episode 14, we discussed how your energy or your aura type interacts with the world. We also did a quick human design one-on-one recap. So your energy type only describes the way you're meant to use your energy, not your character traits. You'll find similar characteristics in people who have the same personality as you. You'll have the most similarities with people who have the exact same numbers as you in the same order. You'll share some commonalities with others you share only one of your numbers with. When you get to know your numbers and the numbers of others in your lives, it will be easier to see where your characteristics overlap. You can think of this as the emotional adaptability training that you receive around sales when you go into disc coaching. Knowing your human design profile can give you a deeper awareness of your patterns and often dissolve internal conflicts that you might feel. When you're looking at your human design profile, you're looking at that fraction looking number. And the first part of the fraction represents your conscious personality, your mind, and how you think. The second number is your unconscious design, your body, and how you experience the physical world. Ra Uruhu, the founder of human design, used the analogy of a house to explain the six different profiles, which originate from the I Ching and layer on top of each other as a journey. So with the line one, you can think of this as the foundation of the house. It's all about investigation and building a solid base of knowledge. People with a strong first line in their profile are great researchers, making sure that the house is built on stable ground and that the structure is secure. The second line represents the natural talents that reside within the house often unnoticed until someone points them out. It's like having a special room in your house that's your personal retreat, where your innate abilities shine when you're in your own space or when others call you out to come and share your gifts. Line three is about trial and error, much like the process of renovating a house. People with a third line in their profile learn by doing and making mistakes, constantly experimenting and finding what works and what doesn't in the practical aspects of life. The fourth line is about relationships and networks akin to the social areas of a house, like the living room or the patio, where you entertain guests and build connections. Those with a fourth line are focused on their influence within their immediate network and rely on these relationships for opportunities. The fifth line carries the energy of being seen as a problem solver or a universal solution, much like the house's outward-facing presence or the image that it presents to the world. People with a fifth line in their profile often deal with projections and expectations from others, and they can be called upon to be saviors or fixers. Finally, the sixth line represents the role model similar to the roof of the house, which is above and oversees everything else. The sixth line is about wisdom and being an example for others. People with a strong sixth line are often seen as leaders or role models, especially later in life after they've gone through a phase of experimentation, similar to the third line. 
Now, we know as solo entrepreneurs what brand archetypes look like and how we can even categorize our clients into client avatars or profiles. So in that same way, I'm going to break down this house analogy even more to show you some of the common patterns or archetypes and how they show up in human design. Starting with line one, the investigator. Line ones are here to share a wealth of information. They tend to be natural teachers because of their strong foundations of knowledge. They're open and willing students that are on a path to develop strength through mastery. They enjoy long hours of introspection and find strength in establishing themselves as sought after authorities because this is what gives them that sense of control around their environment. With the line two, they're seen as the hermit. They're introverted, but naturally gifted. You have a way of immersing yourself in your own processes and things really just come naturally. There's something specific that's inherent in them that needs to be called out. Other people outside of them tend to see their gifts more clearly than they can see it for themselves. They'd much rather stay to themselves and do their own thing, but they live in somewhat of a projection field where they're noticed by others for their talents and are eventually called out to share these gifts. The line three martyr is designed to discover how to navigate the material plane and make many discoveries by bumping into things. They're usually the most adaptive and resilient because they're used to failing, I say with quotes, because we don't fail, we learn, but they're used to failing because of this trial and error theme of how they interact with the world. But at the same time, they're also able to quickly pick themselves up again and share what works and what doesn't work with others. This is their process. They're willing to go where people are afraid to go and they gather wisdom through experience. You'll also find with line threes, this phrasing about bond made and broken, which basically means that there's a tendency to just break off relationships or bonds when they're not working and move on. The line four opportunist has foundations, but more in a relational context versus the line one who seeks it through investigation and research. The line four opportunists, it's important for them to be well prepared before making any big changes. They're not necessarily spontaneous and prefer to move from one opportunity to the next. So an example is not leaving a job before they have something lined up, not leaving a relationship before they know that there's at least a warm market out there. Uncertainty is very uncomfortable for them. The line for opportunists, because they have this ability to build genuine relationships, they also have these friendly and highly kind traits to their persona. Their network is oftentimes what brings them opportunities. The line five is the liberator or the challenge solver. They have a role in sharing or bringing forward new norms, practical solutions, or just something totally different to the collective as a whole. They have a knack for problem solving, which is what others tend to seek them out for. They have this magnetic mystery about them that kind of just draws people in and attracts the attention of others. And because of this, they have a potential to influence large groups of people outside of their close network, unlike the line four. The people that they attract into their projection field may cost 
certain expectations on them that may or may not be true. They often have encounters and opportunities in their life which help them live out their life purpose. Then, of course, the line six, the role model. The journey of a six is broken down into three stages. Your six functions as a three until you're about 30, which is your Saturn return. And basically what this means is that trial and error, that experimentation field. When you reach your Saturn return, it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is starting to like make sense. I'm starting to understand just the knowledge that's within me. I've, I've learned a lot of lessons. It's time to calm down, get in my zone, narrow my focus, and really hone in on my craft, on my wisdom. Then you get to your Chiron return, which is between that 48 and 50 age range, where you enter this third stage where you're seen by other people as a sage or a role model. And just for context, that doesn't mean that you won't be successful until you're 50. That just means that there's a certain wisdom and a certain respect that comes with experience and age just from living life. When you talk about being on the roof, going back to the house analogy, you're at a stage where you've really accumulated a lot of experiences and knowledge and gotten to that phase in life where society sees you as a wise woman or a wise man, where you've fully cultivated and embodied the wisdom that you spent the last 20 years honing. It's very visible to see and it really can't help but kind of bleed out of you. As quick clarifications, there were times where I said when called upon or when it's correct. And I just want to clean that up by saying that when you lean into your type strategy and authority, it helps guide you in determining when to externalize your thoughts or your talents or wisdom or whatever the case may be. When you're living your design, these things will come naturally to you. And so it's advised that rather than forcing yourself to do any more of these things, you can kind of just use them as a signpost to check in with yourself and see whether there's something you're holding back from. If you're open to seeing what your patterns to look out for are and how to avoid pitfalls within your business, book your complimentary Reclaim Your Joy strategy session. We'll go over the most important properties in your chart to include your profile and how that shows up for you. And then we'll create a mini plan for success for your business and see if it's a good fit to do more work together. That's all for this episode. Until next time, my lovely. Oh, <laughs>